Hello, people. This is Mike Williamson. In this episode, I'd like to continue on a little bit about marriage vows, continuing from uh, marriage vows number one. This will be marriage vows episode two. Now, in our premarital workbook, again, it's entitled Building Your Marriage Upon the Rock, and you can get it at our website, premaritalworkbook.com. In our workbook, in the uh, second chapter called Covenant, we spend the whole chapter talking about covenant and about vow-making and what is a covenant, and we cover a lot of examples in the Bible of people making vows and making covenants and the the seriousness of making a vow or a covenant and the serious implications of making a vow. I can just suggest opening up a concordance and doing a search on the words vow and covenant And you'll find a slew of of words, especially in the Old Testament, on vows and vow-making. And just use the concordance and going through and read the scriptures and the accompanying stories around the scriptures. And you'll get an idea of, of what seriousness God places on making vows and making covenants. And look in uh, the book of Joshua, chapter 9, where Israel, unfortunately, made an unwise covenant with a group of people who disguised themselves, pretending to be people from a far away country rather than close by enemies of Israel. So they disguised themselves, and Israel foolishly made a vow with them without searching and seeking the Lord on the deal. Anyhow... Even though that this was done through trickery, they had to honor the covenant that they made with these people. And they let them live. They they became their servants and whatnot. But they didn't kill them. They didn't destroy them because of the vows that they made to them. So God, even though these were enemies that they perhaps would have wiped out, God said, no, you made a covenant with them. You made a vow. So let them alone. They were very smart, these people that that tricked the Israelites into making this vow. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. Also, um, then in David, when uh, Saul, of course, was David's enemy and sought to kill him, and then when typically when a king died or another king fought a king and they killed the king, then the king's sons and lineage that was killed, they were probably all killed because they didn't want any more competition from that line of the king that was killed. When Israel went out to battle, a king Saul and his son Jonathan were killed in the battle. Now, previous to this, Jonathan and David had made a covenant with each other. And even though Jonathan was supposedly going to be the king after his father, he knew that David was going to be the king because God had chosen him. So it says that Saul and Jonathan's, or excuse me, Jonathan and David's hearts were knit together. They loved each other. So they made a covenant. And after Saul and Jonathan were killed, David became the king. And, and through time, he asked his servants if there was anybody left of the house of Saul that he could bless And they told him that Jonathan had a son. And so they brought this son into King David. And I'm sure he thought that he was probably going to get killed. But David instead blessed him and restored all the land of his father, Jonathan, and all the blessings. And he, in fact, he uh, apparently, I think it says he ate at the king's table for the rest of his life. 
Now, why did he do this for this guy who was a potential threat? He did it for the sake of the covenant that he made with uh, with Jonathan. That's the strength and the power of covenant making in the Old Testament. You know, all, all I can say is you can, you can get much, much more in-depth detail on covenant making and the way that God looks at covenant. You can do that through our premarital workbook, but also you can probably go online and just, just search for biblical covenants, something like that. You know, if you read Deuteronomy and Numbers and all of that, you might tend to think that it's rather boring and all that stuff. But in it, you'll find out that God takes covenant-making seriously. In fact, he's a covenant-making God. The New Testament is the New Covenant, the Old Testament, or the Old Covenant. So God made covenants. He made covenants with Abraham, made covenants with Jacob. And finally, he made covenant with his own son, Jesus. And Jesus said, this is, the, this is the new covenant of my blood. Okay? Very, very serious stuff. Now, that's a long introduction to say that marriage is a covenant. When you say your marriage vows, you are making covenant vows. And it's crucial for you to know what a covenant is, how God treats and looks upon covenants, and also how what he thinks about breaking covenants. Sometimes people in the Old Testament broke covenant, and God disciplined them for it in one way or the other. God did not take kindly breaking covenants. And of course, divorce is covenant breaking. Now, in your wedding ceremony, you will be making covenant vows. And you need to know what that is. It's different than a contract. It's different than what we consider to be modern-day contracts. Modern-day contracts, there's all kinds of loopholes. There's all kinds of exit clauses. There's all kinds of ways written into contracts to get out of the contract if one or the other party doesn't stand up to the agreement. Yesterday, I was listening on YouTube to a Air Force fighter pilot they were showing him the maneuverability of a Russian fighter plane. Incredible, incredible maneuverability that this Russian fighter plane had. And the American, I think it was an F-16 pilot, they asked him, <laughs> they asked him and said, what would you do if you encountered this uh, Russian plane in a dogfight? <laughs> And he said, I would eject. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny and probably quite true, because uh, uh, what he was saying is, is, is this airplane of the Russians is way beyond what we have in the terms of maneuverability. So he's saying, if, this, if I came across this guy in a dogfight, I wouldn't give him a chance to shoot a missile. I would just eject. <laughs> So, you know, that's uh, contracts have ejection seats in them. But a covenant vow, a marriage covenant vow, is very limited in its ejection seat clause. God and Jesus takes marriage absolutely serious. And Jesus said, you know, uh, it's only for the, uh, in the case of fornication or adultery or something like that, that you can, uh, you can get divorced. We'll get into the uh, subject of divorce 
and the so-called escape clause in another episode. But for now, if you've enjoyed this, if it's been beneficial to you, click the like button, subscribe, press the button to get notifications, and share this with your social media contacts, friends, other pastors, whomever. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, So until next time, God's grace and his mercy and his peace be with you.